This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services located on Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania. Springtime is here, and that means it is time to start thinking about getting your yard looking its best. Do you really want to be in your yard all weekend digging things up and planting something new? Wouldn't you rather spend time with your family by the pool or doing fun things with the kids this summer? Instead of cutting the grass, let the professionals at Keller's handle the hard stuff. They are family-owned and operated and looking forward to assisting you. Visit them on their social media page for more information. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. Hey, Will Perna, Johnny Weekender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll never die. He'll never die. No, he will. Jesus, he'll never die. What a what an amazing man that character is. Are you thinking about having it on your tombstone? I think uh, you should seriously put consideration <laughs> into it. <laughs> you know, if if the Weekender didn't turn into what it what it did, I, I maybe would consider it. <laughs> artist formerly known as Saudi Weekend. Yep. Oh man. So that's how that's how far back we go. Yes, sir. I'm finally cool enough to hang out with uh, Johnny Weekender, so it's fine. Get going. <laughs> We've hung out many times before. Back on the the NEPA scene days, mm-hmm. we did a podcast. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. Now, uh, even back to like the Panacea, like CD release shows, all that. Yeah, we go way back. Even there, there was times where like you were in the same scene as me, but I didn't know you personally. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we like became uh, friends. I guess you could say until I don't know when I was done with the weekender. And maybe we knew who, yeah. who we were, but I never got really a chance to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like when you were in the band Behind the Gray, which is kind of when we really started uh connecting um so i'm sure we'll get into that word but uh yeah it's been a long time since uh we've hung out and we're not even hanging out for real but it is 2022 and we're still kind of in a pandemic i don't even know what that's considered anymore i honestly have no idea man it's uh it's such a bizarre situation like even like buying concert tickets now for like big shows like out here like tnc bank arena and stuff it's like it's still a crapshoot between like vaccinated and testing and masking. It's like, is it happening? Is it going on? Because when I go to work, it's not. But when I go to a concert, it is, you know, like it's weird. Yeah, it's definitely a, a weird situation. Like, it, it's, it's it's different wherever you go. Kind of like we were saying, it's like there's times where, you know, no one's wearing a mask and people are like crammed together and it's like it was in 2019. And then there's other times where it's like weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but you said where you are now out there. Where I, I think I saw on social media you you moved. Yeah, I moved out to uh, South Jersey. I'm basically like way closer to Philadelphia than I am New Jersey. 
But uh, yeah, I moved out to South Jersey like almost a year ago, maybe a little bit under. So you decided to hell with NEPA? <laughs> no, I, I fell in love. So, oh, uh, I see. I see. I, yeah. That's what they do. That's what they do to us. Well, good. I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm at, it's really cool out here because like it is like a fresh perspective, especially with like music and people and and like, you know, the NEPA scene is like still my home. Like obviously the band is still there, but like I'm here, which, you know, through the power of the Internet allows us to still function. <laughs> now, what band are you talking about? The new um, band? Yes, Variant Season. Variant Season. That's what we're here to talk about mainly. But like we said a few minutes ago, there's a long history of Will and NEPA with bands tied to the area. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope hopefully we'll get into all of that. Sweet. But yeah, so you're in New Jersey now. You fell in love. Yes. That took you away. Yeah. <laughs> about a year now, huh? Just about, Yeah, we just celebrated our year anniversary uh, the end of March. So, uh, yeah. It's it's been incredible out here. She has an amazing daughter uh, who just turned eleven, and like she's awesome. And uh, I got a new job out here, which is incredible as well. Um, yeah, everything is just you know, you know, knock on wood. It's the best uh, my life has ever been. <laughs> well, that's what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you go through life and you. Maybe you eat the the shit sandwich for a couple years, and mm-hmm. not that you ever had a bad life, right? But I mean. There's always things that people, you know, like want or need in their lives. And it's always nice when they, everything kind of falls into place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, it's the question of like, this is the part of life. Like, wow, this is what it's supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because my wife and I, we just celebrated today is April 7th. Um, this will probably be released in the next week or so. But today's April 7th. We celebrated 14 years together dating uh april 5th dang yeah that's a long nice. time how old is your your uh your child at this my point son Two? is four. Oh jesus he's four because i think the last time like we hung out was when we did the live broadcast and i think he was like maybe one or two um maybe i don't know maybe. anymore <laughs> i can't keep <laughs> track dang but yeah 14 2008 so yeah so it'd be 14 years uh, best thing that ever happened to me. So, you know, I, I know how you, you know, you feel right now and yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what I did to deserve her. I don't know. Still, <laughs> yeah, you asked that question too, huh? Four, 14 years later, I'm still like, is she going to smarten up eventually and leave or what? Uh, I tell her all the time, like, please, like whatever is wrong with your eyes or like, just don't repair it. Because once you do, like this is all this is all a facade. Like yeah, this is this, this gonna isn't going to change. Away. This is yeah. Yeah, I can't even say like I'm cool and like play like in a band every weekend and stuff anymore now. So like I don't even have that to, to lean on. So it's just uh, me sitting around playing guitar at home. Like I used to be cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess we all used to be cool, right? Yeah. It's funny how we grow up and things change. It's unfortunate, you know. Mm. It's good and bad. I miss the days of going out and not having real responsibilities and my, i mean i love my life now i mean I, I even it's um i shouldn't say it's funny because the reason this happened is not a funny story but um a friend was getting you know in the middle of a divorce and you know i just 
and he had children and I knew how hard that must have been on him. And he had three kids and I was like, I have one. And I could not imagine not being able to say goodnight to my son every night. Mm-hmm. And I said to my wife, I said, if anything ever happens between you and I can like, I just live wherever you live and you can still, you can do your own thing, but I just can't imagine not being able to, to say goodnight to my kid. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the level of a uh, fatherhood that, you know, you proudly wear. And, yeah. you know, I think there's not enough people like that. So I think that's awesome. Well, yeah, I hope nothing happens between me and my wife no. because she's good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and we have one on the way. One, one, uh, we have, She's Ooh. she's she's due in July, yeah. July what? July seventeenth. Oh, you missed my birthday by two days. Dang. Well, I mean, she there's a good chance she goes earlier than that, not later. So if you're if you're the nineteenth, sorry, you're out of luck. But not fifteenth, man. It's gotta maybe. happen. Who knows? Who Starm knows? At this point, if it was gonna be a boy, I'd name him William after you. Ah, oh, you're a scholar and a gentleman. But you're it's right. a, but it's a girl. It's a girl. So sorry. Wilhelmina. <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl and I'm terrified. Terrified. <laughs> terrified. I, I know how like I am with my son and how much I like I, I don't ever want to see anything bad happen to him. And he's a boy, right? And you know, mm-hmm. but you can let boys be boys and whatever. But like I if I'm that way with my son, I can't imagine how like protective I'm gonna be with a little girl. Right. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I have also, no, I, I have no like uh, experience with children whatsoever. Like I have no brothers or sisters, nieces, nephews, anything like that. Uh, so when Cash and I got together, like this was, you know, no safety belt, no safety net. Like this is how I operate. And she had been a single mom for, you know, a while and, and kind of doing it herself. But like, you know, uh, Madeline obviously being like a girl, I'm like, I don't know, like, it's like Barbies and unicorns and, and like all that stuff. And like our first meeting, she was like hardcore into Marvel comics, hardcore into like star Wars video games. And I was like, you're the most awesome person ever. (laughs) Yeah. You fit right in now. Now your girlfriend has two kids. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was the thing. Like, I just don't want to share my toys, you know? (laughs) So like when I moved out here, I brought like my whole comic book collection and I was like, hey, like all those movies you watch, like boom, this yeah. is where they come from. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably like, what is a DVD? What is that? I don't understand what that is. Um, no, she got that, but uh it's uh the, the age gap. She doesn't get my jokes, she doesn't think I'm funny, so but I'm hilarious. She'll of find course. that out someday. Yeah, I'm of hilarious. Course. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, my biggest concern is uh my daughter looking like my wife. If that's the case. I'm in big trouble. And I'm not getting any, like, I'm not getting younger and more fit. I'm getting older and fatter. So it's like, I'm going the wrong way. So I'm not going to be that, that intimidating father. So thankfully, I have Lincoln, who will hopefully be a young stud and strong and take care of his, his little sister. So that's what I'm holding on to. Hang on to it, buddy. <laughs> See what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, let's talk about you and your music. And you, you know, you mentioned you got a new band, Variant Season, and um, three members: JT Thomas, um, Dan McDonald, who I believe was also in Behind the Gray with you. Correct. Okay, and then uh, Mark Yanish. Mark is 
famous for his time spent in um, Grace's Downfall. Mm-hmm. He's the, the young man with the, well, used to have the dreads at all the shows. He's a little more grown up now these days. But um, so are all of those guys local to NEPA still? And you're the odd man out in New Jersey? Yeah, because the project started almost two years ago. Oh, geez. Uh, wow. Yeah, it, it was a, a long trek and it started with Yanish because basically like everyone knows him as you know the fantastic amazing guitar player that he is mm-hmm. and he basically said like I'm sick of guitar it doesn't scare me anymore I want to play drums and he just went on this incredible journey of becoming an amazing drummer and uh yeah yeah he wanted to do like a cover band initially like two years ago he's like I want to like play all these songs like I want to play songs I love I want to play bands that I like and I just want to make some money and have fun. And I was like, sweet. Like, that sounds like a fun gig for me. So it's going to be like a side project for me from behind the gray and a side project from him between like Grace's downfall and doubting Thomas. And, uh, unfortunately like that didn't really come to fruition because we couldn't find like people that really wanted to like learn all the songs and, and get up to speed and everything like that. And then the pandemic hit. And it just really shelved everything. So for almost a year, it was just me and Mark. And uh, we learned a bunch of covers, like all stuff that was like challenging and things that we all kind of like said in other bands we wanted to learn. But like for whatever reason, we never didn't. And uh, at one point, like I told him, like I was, I was not in a good place mentally. And I told him, like, I really need to like write. I'll learn whatever songs you want. I'll play whatever you want. But like, just give me the opportunity to write. And he's like, dude, I'm cool with that. But like, I've never written a song on drums before. I was like, cool. Like, we'll figure it out. And we got together one day and like, I had most of the music. Ironically, the first song we ever wrote together was Dragged Under. So like, I had most of the music and we just got together in my garage, well, my old garage at the time. And we just like hammered it out. And like, I'd play like a good chunk of it and he would just kind of improv and he would like stop midway through. He'd be like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, it's cool. Have fun, figure it out. And he would just woodshed for like three hours a day. And we just like put the song together and it like helped him develop his voice as a writer on drums. And it became like a creative outlet for me. And it just kind of blossomed into what it is now. Yeah, he, uh, documented a lot of his um drum learning mm-hmm. on social media and it was it was he definitely struggled at first i mean like like anybody would learning oh, something yeah. new right mm-hmm. so it's kind of neat to see you know him go from the guitar to you know becoming a drummer and then struggling even like even like after learning how to drum now he's you know learning how to like write oh yeah or, or, or whatever you you know so that's that's interesting it's uh it's one of those things like Mark's personality is he needs a challenge. So if it's not insanely challenging, like I don't think it interests him. So like it was one of those things where if this came easy, I think he it would have bored him and he would have moved on to something else. But because drums are a constant learning curve and he was so new to it, he just like absorbed it all. And like anyone who knows Mark knows like if he sets his mind to something it's going to be the best at it. So like if he's going to play guitar, he's going to be the best guitar player possible. He's going to play drums. He's going to be the best drummer possible. 
if that dude's going to make a sandwich, it's going to be the best sandwich you've ever had in your life. Like whatever he wants to do, he wants to be the best at. So like, it was like this amazing opportunity to have like someone that never wanted to compromise and never wanted to like make it easy. And how did uh, JT and Dan get involved? Uh, Dan's, you know, basically my brother, like, you know, we came up together. He taught me how to play guitar, you know, however many years ago, I'm not comfortable saying because we've been together that long. So when we started writing, I was like, listen, you know, I'd love to bring Dan into this because behind the gray was very like nebulous. Like we weren't really doing anything. And, you know, as soon as Dan came in, he was just Dan and we connected and, you know, having Mark as a backbone was an amazing foundation to bring on. And it was a long journey to find a singer. We probably tried out seven, eight people. And it's not that like the people we tried out were good or amazing. It was just like a lot of times they were either in other projects and like this was a side project for them and they weren't really like uh, able to commit time to it or they had like other you know things in their life going on and they're like, hey, I don't really have the time for this or they weren't interested in writing or interested in covers or they're only interested in doing covers and they were interested in writing. So JT was like that perfect mix because I believe he was only in uh, Doubting Thomas for like, like one show in a couple of months. And um, I heard him sing, uh, oh, it's a Shine Down song, Sound of Madness. I was like, is that how he sounds like all the time? And Mark's like, yeah, like that's just him. And he crushed it. And I was like, dude, do you like like heavier stuff? He's like, yeah, you know, I dig like heavy stuff like Slipknot and Corey Taylor and like that whole vibe. I was like, do you want to try doing something with this? And when we presented to him, he just went, okay. And he like just fit, like he just locked in. And we were just like, cool, off to the races. Let's, let's make this work. I feel like you're, you as an individual are also very demanding. And I don't use that word as a negative thing, but I feel like you're very particular and there's another word I want to use. I can't think of it off the top of my head here, but you're very just like, you know what you want, you know what you need and mm-hmm. you're not going to, you're not going to settle. Yeah. Is that fair? That That's fair. You said it the very nicest way possible. Some previous bandmates and my ex-girlfriend will probably call me much worse, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's like, you know, some people can look at that as a bad thing, right? But I mean, now I'm not going to compare you to Michael Jordan because I mean, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but like he was very, like he expected greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like a lot of his teammates thought he was an asshole, but you know, look, look at who he was. So, I mean, like, again, I mean, we're, we're talking about Michael Jordan and uh, a musician, not that they can't be the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's okay. That's okay to, you know, know what you want and, and expect greatness. Uh, I always think it's good to have like a vision and a goal and things like that. And uh, very early on, when I got really serious in the music, like, you know, 10 years ago, I realized like, I am not the most talented guitar player. Like my skill level is at like, uh, you know, a plateau. It, it can only go so far for me, but my work ethic is far superior than my musical skill. So like, that's my gift is basically like my music, you know, 
my music level will keep me here, but my drive and my work ethic will keep me here. So like having someone like Mark and Dan in the band who have higher musical skill than me, but have the same drive and be like, Hey, let's get to here. Let's move to here. Let's, let's get to this. And you know, that's, uh, you know, I guess that's like my contribution to the band is, you know, surround yourself by people that are amazing and also just like you said don't settle and mark's really good with that too like he never wants to settle for anything yeah i mean people like you keep people on task they keep they keep people motivated and they you know they see that you're in it and that you want the best and you know when when you're around people like that you don't want to let them down Mm -hmm. so yeah what you're saying is like they they meet you at the level you're at and it's a good compliment all around yeah thank you man i appreciate that it's all good stuff. So variant variant season. Did that name come from uh, living in a, a pandemic when we have? You know? <laughs> no, it was it was so <laughs> free that that it like fit perfectly. And uh, ironically, like the first iteration of the band, uh, we were still looking for a bass player. So uh, Grant Collins or Grant Williams, mm-hmm. whatever what uh, acronym he's going by these days, um, he was originally playing bass with us. And this was like uh, summer 2020-ish, and we were writing and learning songs and everything like that. So you had like Mark, who was from Grace's, and Grant, who was, you know, from Tommy Guns and Grace's Downfall. Dan and I were from Behind the Gray. Then you had JT, who was in uh, uh, Doubting Thomas. There's this thing that happens in any PA scene, like every year or two, where like two or three of the major bands kind of like break up but then they do something together you always see them kind of like fusing you know Mm -hmm. like uh like ashfall was one of those bands that was kind of like a member would leave but then you'd get like germ from stick can you know like another major band would like infuse into it and give that band like a new life or a new something it's always like this period of time so it's like the season of change okay so i was kind of like this is that time in our scene now where that's happening this is that season of change where all the musicians are hodgepodging into new projects. So we couldn't call the band seasons of change because that was just way too cheesy. So like variant season kind of seemed to be the next logical progression of that thought line. Yeah. I feel like if you named it seasons of change, you'd have to uh, play uh, freed like music. That would not affect me whatsoever i'll play every creed song ever <laughs> i wouldn't be mad at you i wouldn't be mad at you at all but from the sound that comes out of variant season it doesn't really match the 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 band name season of change no <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate are you a nickelback fan too did we discuss this before uh we have not but i do like nickelback um freed and nickelback we are best friends i uh, do mark tremani is like one of my guitar idols guitar gods like his solo albums alter bridge you know, even the the last two Scott Stapp solo records I love. I think they're fantastic. And like I've seen Creed two or three times and we opened for them once at Montage. Maybe you were there. But it was with Skillet. I was there for that show. It was yeah. twenty ten, I wanna say. Yeah, because we I was in Absolution and we did the the weekender stage. Absolution, that's the one. Yeah. Absolution. Mm-hmm. So we we opened that. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think people, um, you know, think of Creed and they they think of the the 
and that's no fault of their own, but the, the videos and Scott Stapp with his arms out and the wind blowing mm-hmm. and his hair kind of blowing around. And then it's like mental breakdown. They forget about the fact that like, you know, you said Mark Tremonti is an excellent guitar player. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I love that band. I don't care what anyone says. I'm with you, Ben. I think they're awesome. They have so many hits and you don't sell like 40 million records without being one of the biggest bands ever. <laughs> it's amazing how many people hate them. And it's like, well, the people who love them outnumber how many people hate them, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. But, but Variant Season, that's a cool name. I like I like that better than Seasons of Change, for sure. Ah, well, you know, I did something right so far. <laughs> Well, you put out a song uh, maybe yeah. a month ago or so. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Dragged Under. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available on the streaming services. Um, you know, is there a plan for this band um, now that we're kind of hopefully, you know, getting out of the pandemic um, where shows are, are at least being announced and a lot of them are happening. Some are, are getting canceled, but, you know, you're in Jersey. Other guys are here. You know, is new music being made? Do you plan on playing shows? What's the, what's the whole goal for this this project? Uh, we spent once we really got the lineup together. We probably spent the last year uh, recording, so we have uh, a backlog of material that's already recorded, and it's already you know mastered and mixed and everything. AJ Larson mixed it for us uh, because the plan was I was going to record and do everything, and then uh, you know the pandemic happened and. Unfortunately, like uh, I went through a nasty uh, breakup, so I had to uproot my whole studio mid-recording, and then I moved to Jersey. So that you know, I became the the squeaky wheel uh, as far as that goes. So I ended up recording everything, but uh, AJ Larson mixed it all for us, and we're going to just drop singles uh, pretty regularly. And uh, we're planning on our first show June fourth at the V Spot. Uh, we're going to open mm-hmm. up for Brutality for their uh, EP release show okay. with uh, Slapjaw and Cruel Bomb, and it's going to be you know awesome. But a little nervous because I've never had to be in a band where I was in two separate states. <laughs> so that's uh, rehearsal and getting ready for the show is is a lot of email back and forth and uh, a lot of like group chat discussion and trying to like set up you know rehearsal times and like days like you know a couple months in advance because Mark's obviously gigging all the time and you know JT lives in Lehighton and you know Dan has his job and everything else that's on top of that so getting everyone scheduled together has been uh, a masterful use of Google Calendar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah for sure mm-hmm. it's hard man especially when you you know like you said jobs and there's kids and there's there's all there's life in general it's 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 yeah. tough to to maneuver um what was i gonna ask you uh aj is that the guy from don't panic yes very cool i love yeah. those guys mm-hmm. uh, met him the last uh behind the gray ep we did at soundmine and he did a lot of the uh, patchwork to try and fix our last ep that was uh, had a lot of recording issues there was no fault of the bands but you know uh we brought to soundmine and aj was you know, engineering and fixing a lot of those issues with us. And he's, he's just an excellent guy. Like we share a lot of same musical tastes. Like he likes a lot of like periphery and gent and heavy music, but you know, obviously plays in don't panic. So like that pop punk era and he's, he's an awesome mix engineer too. Like he really killed it on the mixes for us. That's cool. I'm, I, I'm 
I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, but the fact that like this whole band has already has a ton of stuff recorded and mixed and met and ready to go. Mm. And it can't kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the new band now. And Oh, by the way, we have a bunch of stuff like ready to go. Yeah. That was the plan. Like yeah. it was, uh, it very much was the plan for a while. It took much longer uh, than we wanted it to, you know, we wanted to be out sooner. We, uh, the guys are really kind of chomping to play shows. Uh, you know, unfortunately myself, like that was kind of on me a lot because I said, like, I wanted to record everything myself. Like I really wanted to take on that challenge. I wanted to do everything in house. I wanted to do all that. And then, uh, you know, my living situation and relocating and trying to finish things like my studio ended up in three, potentially four different locations while we were recording these songs and we were actually like um i had a storage unit and part of it was at my dad's house and part of my computer and everything was at mark's house so like i had my studio computer and everything set up in his house and we were tracking the demos and the rough cuts to inevitably track and then once we were done i take my computer back to my dad's house unload as much as i could into my old bedroom that i grew up in and just put it into that room to record guitars. And then, um, you know, I recorded JT's vocals out here in Jersey. And it was like the first thing I did out here was get JT's vocals knocked out. So it was all over the place to get it done. That sounds like a lot of work. It was insane. <laughs> it was an insane most, amount of work. Most people, and I'm not surprised that, you know, you push through, but a lot of people would have been like, fuck this. Like, uh, I'm I'm like gonna crawl in a hole or, or or forget that this even exists. Like I'm not doing all this until I get, you know, settled back in somewhere and kind of in one place. But no, you're the one going from this house to that house and taking this computer there and taking that there. What what uh, kept what kept I mean, what kept you like wanting to like do that? Uh, I had this conversation very similar with uh, a friend of mine who owns a studio in Virginia and he also plays in the band out there. And we were talking about like this whole process and like how much work goes into recording. And he's like, dude, like we're old. Like, why are we still doing this? And like, it's because it's who we are. Like it's in our blood. You know, it's like, I wouldn't know how to define myself if I wasn't doing stuff like that. And for better or for worse, like this is how I know how to deal with my problems. Like music is that turn to of like, my life has fallen apart. This is what I need to, to get it out. And uh, this has been the most collaborative project I've ever been in. So like working on lyrics and melody and stuff like that with JT and, uh, you know, JT going through a lot of his own emotional distress uh, over the last year and uh, us just having that, that awesome time to talk about our problems and to talk about like what's going on with us. And it found its way like into the music and into the songs because a lot of the instrumental was kind of done already. So we were putting a lot of like vocals and melody idea and like restructuring things to, to make vocals work. So to be able to like talk about these problems and then put them into the songs, like we were more excited to get them out. Cause I'm like, this is, this is my life on tape. You know, this is JT's life on tape. This is the parts about ourselves that, you know, we don't, talk to you know much in public 
you know, this is a, the personal stuff we really want to get out. And that was kind of the focus of this project was not less refined, but emotionally, like it was like an open nerve. Like this is us, you know, not filtering for radio success or filtering for this type of song structure, or this type of band. We're like, we're going to write what we want. And this is in the moment, what we're feeling, what we're going through and what we're going to put out. And JT was kind of like that lightning rod that was like, my life is fucked up and things are not good and I'm not happy. This is what's going on. And we just kind of like, I understand. I got you. Let's get behind that. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, we go through these things and, you know, these last two years have not made any of our lives any easier. Um, and I've been, you know, you've alluded to the fact that, you know, your life has been less than, um, it hasn't been easy. <laughs> chaos, right? Chaos. Yeah. Let's, let's call it that. And I mean, prior to the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, you were also a part of a band for many years. And I thought the band was having a lot of success and, um, mm-hmm. and we're talking about, uh, behind the gray, um, you know, some great music videos um, with a lot of great singles uh, attached to that band. And I thought it was like, you know, driving to the next level. And then suddenly the band kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Um, did something happen there? I mean, I know that uh, I know I, I follow Dom uh, who was a lead singer in that, that band. He's, I think he just had a, a baby maybe a year ago at this point i can't like i said i can't remember what uh yesterday was but um you know was did the band just outgrow itself or did it you know did did people just kind of go different ways was there a falling out somewhere what happened to the behind the gray because no one acknowledged it it wasn't a falling out per se like we we weren't fighting or anything like that it was a a perfect storm of things that kind of went sour or things that went south and uh you know, some bands get real lucky where things just kind of fall into line for them. For us, like, uh, things were going good. Like, we had a single and a new EP released and a music video. And we booked up the year with, you know, good shows. Like, shows with good national bands that we were going to be support for. Good ticket selling shows. Uh, our attendance was doing really good at shows. And uh, right around that time, our bass player was having his, uh, his second kid, his second daughter. And it was a very complicated pregnancy. And, you know, he almost lost uh, the baby in the process. And she spent, I want to say, like, I I can't remember because it was so long ago, maybe like three weeks in an emergency lifeline unit. I think it was in like Stroudsburg. Yeah. Around that time. And Dom had just found out he was going to be a dad right around that time as well. So B-Man was on to his second kid. And obviously that was complicated. Dom was um, getting ready to be a father. So his focus was very much on, you know, being a dad and not traveling because, you know, that's what dads are supposed to do is take care of family first. And then right around that time in February, my mom had passed away. And that was like the month before we went to the March shutdown of 2020. And like, I pulled the guys right around that time. I think it was in like the group chat. I'm like, I don't want to book shows. And at that point, I was booking a lot of the shows. You know, Mike was doing a lot of the press stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do any of that shit anymore. Like, you guys 
do it. Let me know what happens and I'll just show up with my guitar. And with the shutdown, like we got some cool show offers and then those shows didn't happen because of the pandemic. And then as time went by, like I just kind of pushed myself more into variant season because that was my outlet. Because obviously like Beyond the Gray wasn't doing anything. Dan was there with me. So like I felt, you know, pretty complete because, you know, that member was there. He was like a big support system for me. And uh, as time went on, you know, it just became less and less like doable. I think everyone's interest may have faded a little bit. You know, B-Man loves being a dad. Like it's his favorite thing ever. And I don't really think he questions like playing bass. He's just like, I'm a dad. That's what I do. And I know Dom is like, I'm a dad, number one. And number two, like when I can, I'll do music. And that's, that's number two. And then for me and, and Dan, we do, uh, you know, we do varying season and Mike plays drums in a band in Virginia called Demise. So like, he's been out there a lot. He's been, you know, doing some fill-in work and uh, it just kind of, it faded. Kind of dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one has hard feelings towards each other. No one's mad. That's good. That's good. It just like, we pulled life, ourselves man. in different directions. Yeah. We were talking about life just happened. You've had a really shitty last couple of years. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's, um, wow. <laughs> man, <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's, uh, that's it was terrible. hard, man. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you get older and these things start to happen. Obviously that sounds like it was, you know, far too early and far too young, but, um, yeah, it just, uh, it's hard. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that, you know, nothing, you know, internally bad happened between you guys and behind the gray. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I always, it's always, it's, it's great to see. I love the fact that Dom's a dad, right. And I love the the fact that your bass player also a dad and that's his favorite thing because being a dad is one of my favorite things. So I can relate to that very much, but it's always like, you know, how do I say this without sounding like, an asshole um there's always like something left to be said like you know what if we kept pursuing like what what could have been right um and it's not a bad thing i mean we 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 choose these things and we choose to you know do these things with our lives and um being a dad is i wish i would have done it sooner Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a musician so i don't you know what that's like to be in that that world and then kind of step back from it because there's more important things to do but it's a it's definitely a lifestyle change and a choice and like i think it just comes in time with the person when they become ready you know like uh i spent my entire life not wanting to have children not wanting to get married not wanting to have those things that tied me down that kept me away from music and then when I met Cash and you know she introduced me to her daughter Madeline and then I moved out here and I went I don't care anymore like this is all I want you know like I used to love you know traveling and touring and trying to get to that next level I get those equal fulfillments coming home and you know playing the new Kirby game uh, with her or playing Donkey Kong or watching a Marvel marathon with her and making dinner and you know, laughing and joking, uh, 
with cash and you know the life that we inevitably want to build together and like all those things uh music will always be there and it's always here and it's a part of me but like my drive is to be a better foundation for them and like all those skills i developed in music i want to turn and use towards them so like you know recording a record in two different states at four different locations take that drive and put it into my family and with them yeah that's that's what i want yeah i almost wish you know life is short they always say that and you always hear that when you're younger and you're like oh old man you don't know what you're talking about like you know, when you're a young kid you just want to be older and the old people say like enjoy it now it's like we only have so much time here on this earth and it's like i wish we had more time to be like young and reckless and um carefree because like it what do they say they, they say um oh what's the saying shit something's about youth, youth is wasted on the the young or something like that mm-hmm. um it's it's a weird thing i won't even get into it but i wish we had more time to kind of like like give it the old college try and if it doesn't work out like okay like we, I, I tried i did it but uh, yeah, we're, not, we're only here for so long you know we don't get the i was like i didn't think i was going to make it to 30 like i thought i was definitely going to be dead for that like i thought i wasn't going to make it so like my goal young i was like i gotta make it by the time i'm 25 by the time i'm 25 i just gotta put it in the bag because i'm going to be too old and you know i I lived out of my car you know i was essentially homeless at certain points in my life um i did really sketchy things to get to the next levels that i was trying to get to just to be able to survive as a human being and you know i was able to tour the country a couple of times you know, I was able to put out a bunch of records. I've been able to go to big name studios. And by the time I got to 26, I kind of crossed off all the things I wanted to do, like on my list. And then I got to that scary place where I'm like, what more do I want? Yeah. Because I got there. I'm like, I'm not really happy, but I got there. Mm-hmm. So like trying to find happiness and, you know, have your goals was like a new challenge as a musician and as a person. Yeah. That's true too. Life's funny. You ever? How old are you now? I'm 37. 37. So you're you're around my age. I'm 39. Um, now that you've 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 made it past 30, <laughs> you're seven years past 30. Like, I don't know about you, but I start thinking about like I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 in November, right? Mm-hmm. And I start. I've been recently starting to think about like, let's say I live till I'm 80. You know, like hopefully longer than that, right? But like 80 sounds like a fair age to, you know, live live to. Essentially, my life is halfway over. So I have 40, I have 40 years left, right? And out of those 40 years, how many of those years are going to be good years? Meaning, you know, how how many do I have left that are like, you know, pain-free? I'm not, you know, you know don't need like a knee surgery or anything like that. You know, God forbid, you know, uh, anything bad happens, right? Mm. 20, maybe 20. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I was having this conversation like a while ago. So I kept thought about the same thing. Cause like by the time I got to like 30, 35, I was like, I don't know like 
what the hell I'm supposed to do now. Like, you know, I accomplished a lot of things I wanted to accomplish, but like, how much time do I have left to do the next batch of goals? And uh, Grant was telling me, he's like, think of all the things you did from like the point you can remember to 35. You have another 35 to do that again, to do like the next group of things. Like it's not the end or the halfway mark. It's like the next benchmark. Okay. And once you get to that next 35, like you could have another 35. There's another increment after that. Like, like that. And there's like this, you know, I think when people look at their life, like, you know, how long do I have until my first knee surgery or till I get sick or too old to do something? I think if people are just, you know, I hate to say it, but responsible, you know, like the, the guy that's 40 and still getting drunk on a Tuesday and like, you know, kind of looking like the poster child of liver cirrhosis should not you know is not gonna live a good life i feel attacked are you watching me no i wouldn't notice you such a thing you watch me are there cameras in my house (laughs) i think it's it's important like you know take care of your and you know mark really drove that into me in the last year like take care of yourself you know like he's a, a big advocate for going to the gym he's very advocate for that so like you know i got a gym membership i started going with him and like realizing like i can't do the excess things that are going to hurt me in the long run. And that helps me to do the things I love to do. So now I can be 37 and still, you know, stay awake all night if I needed to, or, you know, things like that. Cause like, I'm not broken yet. Yeah. Yet. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, you're, you're preserving yourself. That's good. I'm trying. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that at all. I keep saying every day, like, I got to start doing something. I'm getting older, I'm getting fatter, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Once you start, like, it's not as bad as it seems. The, the weirdest, craziest thing is, like, people put all this planning into, like, wanting to be healthy or lose weight. Like, I'm going to buy all these weights. I'm going to buy, like, a training program. And I'm going to redo my basement to suit my new workout lifestyle. And I buy all these protein mixes and all these organic foods and all this stuff. Just start. Mm-hmm. start with one thing if you wake up every day and just stretch for 10 minutes you're better than you were yesterday right you know just start with one thing and just build on it you know like you're not going to go to the gym and just become like a monster like you're going to start like with tiny dumbbells feeling like a weakling and you're just you're going to get there yeah or like just start see last time i did anything was, was like nine years ago jesus uh i was 30 years old i got in the best shape of my life but it was a miserable existence to do so it wasn't sustainable and i think that's like my fault but like i was kind of paid to do it and it was a thing for an advertiser when i was at the weekender um so i i put my fat ass on a photo in the weekender so i couldn't let i couldn't like you know post it four months later after we did this fitness challenge and still be fat. So that kept me going, but like it was five days at the gym. It was, I was weighing every single meal mm-hmm. and it was just miserable. Like I'd have like a drink or two a week and it was always a, a vodka and like Sprite. Um, it wasn't even enjoyable. It wasn't even like worth having at that point. Um, it just wasn't like, like, and then like, I don't like, 
as far as cooking goes, I don't get like nuts. So like I was literally having chicken, broccoli, and like a like um wheat pasta. Yep. Like it was just it was miserable. <laughs> it, it just it, and I think you know I, I think back on the, all the work that I put into that. It was just and it's like it's exhausting to think about at this point in my life. Um, but what what you're saying is you're right. You're just if you do something, whether it's a couple body weight squats or you know yeah. stretching or you know just going for a freaking walk. Uh-huh. Um, you don't have to you know try and get nuts, but you do have to. You can always try eliminating something too, which has always helped for me because like uh, I have a problem with TV. TV is just like I'll just get into something and that's that's what I want to do and I want to finish it to completion and I want to like do that whole thing. So if I feel myself like slipping, I'll just cut one thing out. Like I'll cut TV out and I'll just replace TV with guitar or I'll replace one thing with working out. And I'll say like I have to sacrifice one thing in my day to you know, be better. So I just find the one thing and I say like, I'm going to eliminate that. And then I have the time or the energy to, you know, do that thing. That's a good one. That's a good idea too. Hmm. I like TV too. It's awful. I love it's TV. so good though. It is. It is. Have you still given up TV? Are you still off TV? Uh, I try and limit it to like a little bit, like one or two shows now. So like when I come home, it's like a lot of cooking and prep and things like that. And then once we're done, it's like whatever, like a family kind of like uh, dinner together. And it's like, all right, what are we going to watch now? And we'll watch like two or three episodes of something. And that kind of leads Madeline like into like shower bedtime. And then, you know, it'll leave uh, Cash and I some alone time. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, if I'm going to play guitar, I might do it then, or I might do it while I'm cooking or like on the weekends, I try and eliminate it. So I'll do it in the morning, just football season. I'll just like watch a game or I'll try and do like one thing and not just binge sports center for, you know, eight hours hearing the same news over and over and over again. If I remember correctly, you are a Lions fan. I am Detroit Lions fan. What are your thoughts about your boy, Matt Stafford? Leaving the Lions, going to the Rams. And I loved winning, it. Winning it all, yeah. I love that Super Bowl, man. Like, I, I was a huge Matt Stafford fan. And, you know, watching him go, like, sucked because it was the same thing like Matt had said in interviews. Like, he wished he brought a Super Bowl to Detroit, and that's what he wanted. But I think he realized, too, like, it just wasn't going to happen with the pieces that were around him and the organization that was around him. And watching him, like, year one, do exactly what he did for 10 years at the lions, but with a different team and then mm-hmm. take it to the highest level possible and win. I was like, that was all I wanted for the guy. I remember he signed a huge contract with, De- with Detroit. And I'm like, I can't believe he's making this much money because they always stunk. Mm-hmm. They always stunk. I'm sorry to say it, but like they were no good. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo and behold, it was, it wasn't him. I mean, he's, he's the, uh, was he the MVP? Uh, it was the Timber Cooper cup. I can't remember. Maybe in Cooper cup, but I mean, regardless, I mean, yeah, you're one with the new team with some of the, the right players, super Bowl champion. And he beat some of the best teams out there too. Like he beat, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks, you know, in the playoffs. So it wasn't like a cakewalk into the super bowl for him. That was um, a good game too. Yeah. Rams it was Bucks? really good. Yeah. 
I couldn't believe the ending of that game. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was sitting there. I'm like, is Tom Brady going to do this again? And then he did it. <laughs> he did it. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to win this game. And then, yeah, the Rams came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... Sports are fun. Yes, they are. I what, love those uh, dogs. What show are you into? Right now, Moon Knight. Moon Knight? Yeah. The new uh, new Marvel series. So, like, anything Marvel uh, puts out, yeah. I'll go see it. Get it <laughs> nerds with your comics and shit. Uh, <laughs> I never hear write it down like, oh, check that out. You said Marvel. Hey, the non uh, show, non like children show that we uh, we watch separately would either be uh, Minx, which is on HBO Max, and uh, Euphoria. Those are like the two shows we kind of watch on our own. My wife currently watching Euphoria right now. I just started season two, so I'm in like episode three. I I have not given it a chance, so I, I this is not fair what I'm going to say, but from what I've heard, and I mean, it's even in passing, I was actually on the couch. We just put our son down before uh, we jumped on here. I sat down on the couch for five minutes and she put it on because she, she knows I was doing this. And um, I, I just, some of the content I heard, I'm like, what are you watching? Oh yeah. She's like, it's- oh, euphoria. I'm like, at this, it's weird. I'm like, it's, and that was for those of you listening or watching this. I mean, from what I ever understood, it's like these young kids and their their lives that revolve around, you know, sex and drugs and. Yep. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, but it's yeah. weird though because like, they're young. Like, I mean, the characters, the actors that are are in this are, um, you know, above the age of eighteen, but they're acting as like 16, 17 17 year old kids. Yeah, that's weird to me. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. Like as a, I'm not saying like you should feel any kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's just this is me. This is me being whatever I'm I'm being. But I don't know. Maybe it's good. It could be awesome. The guys at work watch it. I mean, like, whatever. I think it's cool. Uh, I think some of those like grittier shows like I've always just really enjoyed. Um, just because I don't think they give like a fresh perspective, but I think they they're very eye opening. Mm-hmm. And they can give you like a nice insight either into a life that you haven't led or an insight to a life you have led and you never looked at it that way. Mm. So you're like, oh, like I used to be like that person or I know somebody like that person. And like it it gives you that kind of perspective. And the show is a little more tongue in cheek. Like it's that breaks the fourth wall. So like there's a narrator and she talks to the camera. That's Zendaya girl. Like she basically narrates uh, the whole thing. So like, those kind of shows I've always been really intrigued by and it's shot really unique and really uh, different. So like, it's not very shocking to be shocking. It's very like, wow, like that's a real interesting way to like, look at, you know, a cinematography issue or cinematography way of looking at that. I can appreciate that. I'm over here watching the uh, Jersey shore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I love drama. I love drama. That's not my own. I try and keep my my life very drama free. I don't have I have like very minimal, like maybe zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like other people's fucking drama. Yeah, I get, I guess I could understand that. I don't do the reality shows that much, and like a lot of the, the reality shows that we're on, like I loved, they get canceled. Yeah. 
are like, do, do you remember, uh, this was going way back in the day, like the Battle for OzFest show? It was no. on MTV. There was a bunch of like no-name bands in like 2008, 2009, and they're all like competing to get a spot on OzFest. And they would just go on the OzFest tour and they would have to be like roadies and techs and like put up with Zach Wild and like his nonsense and like the inner bickering that would happen on that show. I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are just more. And like, I was just sucked into it and stuff yeah. like that. So like even behind the music was one of those for me. Yeah. So like just listening to bands like argue and do all that, like, yeah, I, I can understand the whole, like, I want to hear the, I want to hear the juicy details. Yeah. So it's funny you brought up reality TV. Well, I guess I did first, but uh, I guess up until the middle of March, I was auditioning to be on a reality show. Nice. Um. I can't say the name of it, but it was on a, a decent network. It was the same network that had Naked and Afraid. It wasn't that show in particular, but um, same group that kind of casts for that and, and all that kind of stuff. And I had my last, I made it to the finals, which meant you have the opportunity to interview like one last time to be to be chosen or whatever. That was March, I want to say 14th. I had that interview. And um, they haven't called to say yes or no. I'm assuming they probably pass, or I'm hoping that maybe like the show just didn't get picked up or they just decided not to do it. So I could say like, Oh yeah, I was like, I was like, I was there. Mm-hmm. But um, the, um, the whole process was interesting. And obviously reality TV is not reality at all. It's I mean, right. It was just a bizarre experience for me. Um, this girl reached out to me on, on Instagram and I thought it was like this joke at first, like just some kind of spam. And um, I'm like, is this a joke? And she's like, no, she just sent me all this like email. She emailed me all this like information. And I looked into it and I did some research and was sure shit. It was, it was legit. <clears throat> but like, well, the stuff they wanted from me was like exhausting. Like they wanted me to send all these, like they wanted me to send like, almost a hundred different photos and they wanted me to send videos and I would send them and they would ask for more. And they were like, we want you to like, uh, we want you to send us some like handed stuff like you at work doing like everyday things. And I think to myself, do you know what the word candid means? Yeah. I don't have a, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a photographer like hired that like follows me around all day, just snapping photos. Like, I don't, I don't live my life like that. Like I'm 39 years old. Like I'm on social media, but I'm not like, like I'm not doing the whole like selfie duck face shit like that. And I don't know how I got to as far as I got, because like, I'm not interesting. Right. I'm just like, and maybe I think that's what it was. Like maybe they wanted the overweight dad who was like very vanilla. And that was like, we got this guy to be that guy. You're going to be the Joey Fatone? Maybe. Yeah, you're going to be the Joey Fatone? I'd be all about it. Dude, I had a two-hour Zoom interview. It was like, it was nuts. Like, it was, and then like, the final interview, I had this girl came on and she's like, okay, listen, like, just be you. Like, um, they they, they latched on to my, like, love of Joe Rogan. Like, I don't know why, but they were like, tell us more about why you like Joe Rogan. And 
you know, it was at the time where he's going through a lot of like the, the racist stuff he, he was dealing with and a lot of that's different, those different things. And they like, they, they latched onto that and I'm like, okay, whatever. But she's like, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to ask you questions and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they're really going to try and push your buttons. And I'm like, holy shit, what the hell are they going to do? Like, what are they going to ask me? And like that, that final interview was less invasive than the two I did before that. That was, there was two hours long. It was, it was cool, but it was very like bizarre. It's good to know that the fil- film industry is very similar parallels to the music industry because that's exactly what it is to audition for a band, like a band of above your tier. Okay, that's like exactly what it is, and like you won't get a call back of like, oh, we're gonna pass or whatever. You just find out when like the next tour is booked, right? <laughs> or like the music video comes out. Yeah. I had a very similar experience in like 2011 2012 with like a a national band and as i auditioned i went through a process and they were from phoenix arizona and as i got to like the final three or four people or anything like that they sent me a single they want me to put my guitar parts to it send it to them and i didn't hear back for like weeks and i was like oh i guess it didn't happen the song later came out and the guitar player they had play on it was clint lowry of seven dust Mm-hmm. And I was like, what did you want me to write that was going to be better than this? <laughs> like, there was no competition. And like, you didn't hire anyone. You just got the best guitar player of your genre and yeah. had him put gold on your song. Like, there was no <laughs> there was no way I was going to be able to compete with this. So, yeah, I understand that whole process of like, you know, going through this for like months and weeks. And then, well, I guess it was cool experience. <laughs> Well, it, it happened at a bad time too. Like if this happened to me, even five years ago before my son was born, um, I would have been like trying to, I would have actively been trying to like get this. So like when I was going through the interviews, I didn't care. Like the one interview that I had, like I definitely had some beers prior just to kind of ease the nerves. And then I had probably a few during and I was probably a little, little more buzz than I should have been. But like, um, I did, I was like, it was almost like a form of self-sabotage because like this would have required me to be away from my wife who was pregnant and my son for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have missed my trip with the guys to Boston. I have plans to go to Disney in a couple of weeks. So I would have missed my, my son's first trip to Disney. A lot of things happened that I, I didn't necessarily want to be away from for two months or miss. So I was like, well, this is cool. That's happening. And I'll see how far it goes. And every time I like, I I did an interview, like, okay, great. You're on to the next one. I'm like, shit, how is this still happening? How is it? What? I'm purposely trying to make myself not a, not a, uh, you know, a part of this. And you're, you're, you're calling me back. And it's like, but yeah, it was just like, it was bad timing. And at first it was like March, April for recording. Then they pushed it back to April, May. And at this point, if they called me, you know, tomorrow and said, you know, get on a plane, like it's too close to when she's due. I don't think that's even possible, but. And then they said that, you know, if you win, you could, you can win a life changing amount of money. They wouldn't tell me what that number was. And then I started asking people what they would consider to be life-changing and it was amazing to see how many people viewed that differently mm. i mean i 
I don't know what it is for you, but like I, I, you know, someone said 10 grand and I'm thinking to myself, fuck, 10 grand is not going to touch the amount of debt that I'm in. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, you're going to ask me to be away from my wife and kid for two months, like life changing money. Like I'm, I'm thinking a million dollars or more, nothing right. less, but it was really cool to, to hear people um, give their answers to what they, what they felt was life changing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, unfortunately, after my mom passed, um, had that situation happen to me where I, I came into money and, you know, it, it really did change my life. And like, I didn't understand what that term meant until it happened to me. And then, you know, um, I've been pretty good with managing money, like my whole life and everything like that. So like, I don't have debt. Like I just, you know, I manage all the way through, like, I'll, I'll be patient and wait and sit on the ropes and pay for something rather than go into debt. Like that freaks me out. Like I don't want, <laughs> I don't want debt. But, um, like what the first time I walked into money, it floored me so hard. Like I didn't react for two days. Like I, I just, I didn't want to acknowledge that it happened because it did, it came at like a tragedy too. Sure. So like, I didn't, you know, I didn't want that. I didn't want it. And also like the, this weird thing happened where I, I felt like I didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't accomplish a goal. I didn't, I wasn't right. the best at something. I just, it just happened to me. So like, yeah, like I understand the levels of w- what people view money as because some people, you know, need that $10,000 to get one thing off their plate. Mm-hmm you know, to pay off their house. And then they're like, that's all I need. Or like to, I don't know, put their kid through daycare for a year. Like that's all they need for that one year. Yeah. Like just whatever that, that thing is, they have that number in their brain and they're like, that will change my life. Cause it'll take that one thing off my plate. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an interesting question. Yeah. And I'm glad that I asked it. I put it on, on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's just like, I view it as like, I want to be set for ever. So I would like want money to pay off my current debt and then enough money to in, invest where that money can grow. And then also like, you know, do one fun thing with, you know, at the moment, in the moment. Mm-hmm. But some, yes, people are at different places in their lives, different things going on. And, you know, 5,000 to one could be, a million to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. But, well, I'm sorry we kind of got off topic. Um, but that's why I also like doing these because it it uh, allows us to kind of catch up and you know talk about our goals and life experiences and the ups and the downs. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry that the uh, the last two years, well, I mean, the last year has been, sounds like it's been, pretty uh pretty great so that's good yeah. but um you know leading up to that you know it's, it's sad to hear about your mom and um but you're the type of guy who takes you know things like that and you know learns or grows and and, and moves on stronger than than ever before so um it's all good it is everything's very good i can um I have nothing to complain about my life at this point. <laughs> like not Good. one thing. Good. Well, variant season. Um, there is a song available, like I said earlier, on the streaming platforms. It is called Dragged Under. Um, you said 
the plan is for June 4th for uh, your first show Yep. at the V spot in Scranton. Um, if you dig variant season, you want to check out Will's previous projects uh, behind the gray, put out some great music. I'm assuming that's also out there to stream. Yeah. It's on the socials. It's everywhere. Socials. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Absolution. Was there anything out there for that? Uh, yeah, actually. I think you have the problem is there's so many bands called Absolution. You probably have to like do Absolution and like the, the album titles, but they actually are on, uh, at least on Apple Music and like Spotify. They're out there somewhere. Cool. And YouTube. Awesome. Yeah, Will's been a part of some great, uh, great bands uh, that, that have been in and around Northeastern Pennsylvania. So check those out. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, more music from you guys in variant season. When can we expect that? Uh, the next single is going to be called a song called Falling Out of Place, and it's going to be pretty radically different from Dragged Under, and that will come out at the end of May. I think it's going to be like May 27th, which I think is like the last Friday of May. Cool. So that will come out like right before our uh, V-Spot show. Awesome. Well, best of luck with this band. Thank you, man. I uh, hope you're continue to stay happy with uh, the girlfriend and um, being a step dead ish kind of thing uh is that yeah. fair to say uh a role yeah. model role model how about that uh, i'm trying to be that that's okay. just the goal <laughs> good good well continue enjoying all that and uh hopefully i'll see you soon it's been it's probably been i think you came into the studio at the radio station that's probably the last time i saw you right mm-hmm. yeah we, we did a podcast for uh alt natives um right or an interview for the, the show yeah, because we were uh, doing the CD release, yes. so like that was like the last, uh, the last we were around. It's probably three years ago, at least, if not longer. It's gotta be. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad things are going well for you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to to seeing you on the internet continuing to do well. Uh, hopefully, and then congratulations on the the next child, and yes, you know, hopefully you don't get called for your reality TV show. I know, I know. Part like my wife, I. I know she's supportive, but I also think she's like, oh yeah, he won't get very far. And I think as like, I got further and further along, she's kind of like, oh shit, I didn't think he'd get this far. What's going on here? Yeah. But I think yeah. we're both happy that uh, I didn't get a call yet. So I, there's, I've been tempted to reach out to them being like, hey, just want to see if like you picked somebody or I'm assuming I'm out, but I'm also like, I don't want to like even be on the radar at this point. Right. Exactly. But We'll see. I'll let you know what the sh- if the show actually airs or gets you know greenlit. I will. Uh, I'll tell you about it. But yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it just yet. But I'll let you know. I would like to uh, put that on my evening binge list if it does. Dude, I mean, I hope like I hope it does air, and I, I can be like I was supposed to be on that show. Mm-hmm. I could have been on that show, but I got drunk during an interview. <laughs> Dude, I, I couldn't believe it. when they called me after this, that one. I was like, something's going on. Like, I, I'm not that interesting. I'm not that funny. I'm not like, I think it was the overweight dad who was married with a child on the way that they kind of wanted to, you know, extra- extract me from to see how I would just, you know, cope with that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think you undersell yourself pretty, pretty hard sometimes because like, I don't think you would have gotten into the positions that you've gotten into and been able to touch base with the artists and the people that you have touch base with and build these relationships. If you weren't, you know, interesting, if you didn't have something that was not quantified 
uh, you know, through math or likes or follows or anything like that. So I think there's underselling yourself at some point, man. I do appreciate that. I just, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. <laughs> That's it. You know, I, I, uh, well, look at all of our heroes, man. Like you said, Joe Rogan and like, you know, my musical heroes, like they're all just guys. Yeah. They're, all, they're, right. they're all just, they just got something that other people can't, you know, match. It's just something that's not mathematically able to be found yet. Yeah. Maybe you're right. I appreciate that. I really do. Anytime, buddy. And it was great talking to you and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yes, man. All right, man. Thank you. Peace. All right, later.